Welcome to the Best Science Medicine Podcast, BS without the BS. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 519th episode of the Best Science Medicine Podcast. My name is James McCormack, and I'm a professor with the Faculty of Pharmaceutical Sciences at the University of British Columbia. I'm Mike Allen. I'm a family doctor, the director of practice support at the College of Family Physicians of Canada, and I'm also an adjunct professor at U of A. But from neither of those locations, James, we are bringing in a guest speaker. Who has been here before. Yes. Here on the podcast, but not here in Vancouver or Edmonton or... No. I don't know. Have you? When were you last there, Jen? I was last in Vancouver two weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> I actually knew that. <laughs> you were. I, I, was, I was looking forward to that question because I, I knew the answer because we were chatting offline. But anyway... <laughs> Um, so you better Jen, introduce yourself, yeah, Jen. Introduce yourself. Hi. Uh, yeah, my name is Jen Potter. I'm a family doctor. Uh, I'm an assistant professor at the University of Manitoba, and I'm a member of the peer team. And uh, we've asked Jen to come in uh, and talk about a t- a Tools for Practice that was published uh, just a, actually just about a month ago. And it was done, uh, done by Jen and also Samantha Moe, who we had uh, just recently, and Alison Page. And... Uh, the, the question was, it's a, uh, around oral contraceptives during breastfeeding. And so, Jen, where, where, where did that question come, where did it come from? Um, well, it's a pretty common scenario. I mean, we have women who come in and, and they come in for their postpartum visit, usually around six weeks or so uh, postpartum. And one of the things that we usually discuss is birth control. And we do go over the different options that they have. But a lot of times uh, what I hear from patients is, well, I was on the pill before. Can I just go back to that? Mm -hmm. Because they usually liked it. And so um, we really kind of wanted to dig into the evidence uh, around the answer to that question. And uh, Mike, I'm sure uh, you've had that question when you were in practice. Yeah, I have. And this this, uh, tools for practice informed me of a couple things because there's the evidence for the uh, the there's evidence that gets addressed in it, but it's not the actual reason why birth control pill is often recommended against. So Jen's gonna Jen's Jen's gonna take us through that. So what's what's your actual question for the tools for practice that you structured it around, Jen? So the question that we asked was: Do combined oral contraceptives affect breastfeeding or infant outcomes? And that that was our uh, that was the clinical question. And that sort of makes sense because, uh, you know, if, if there was no issue whatsoever, people who wish to be on oral contraceptives would just start it back up again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Why so, not? So, yeah. So that's why it's such a good question. And, and uh, why don't you run us through the evidence? Um, sure. Well, the, the, the basically what the evidence says is that when you compare uh, combined, contra- con- combined oral contraceptives, so estrogen and progesterone containing pills, um, against placebo, they do seem to impact on infant weight. Um, infant weight uh, is decreased at three months by about 240 grams, so about half a pound. Um, and it does seem to also influence the, uh, the rate of exclusive breastfeeding. It seems to lower that a little bit um, at three months. Um, when we compare it to progesterone-only pills, the, the we don't seem to see a lot of difference in infant growth uh, between progesterone-only pills and the combined oral contraceptives. Um, but they didn't necessarily look at the same, uh, exactly the same outcomes beyond the growth. And when, and when you talk about, so in, infant weight is a little, when you compare oral contraceptives to placebo is, 
you said about uh, about a half a pound or seven ounces. And then you said uh, about uh, sort of what we call, and I guess you defined it as exclusive breastfeeding. And it would be useful. What were the numbers that they found with that? Um, with exclusive breastfeeding, uh, they found that the rate with placebo was 92%. Mm-hmm. Uh, after three months, but dropped down to 81% uh, on combined oral contraceptives. Yeah, so about about a 10% absolute difference in the number of people who were in sort of doing what they called exclusive breastfeeding. Yes, exactly. Which would suggest that that's the impact of using uh, uh, combined oral contraceptives, I guess. It seems to be. Yeah, and I, and I think they, they also looked at the number of people who were uh, using uh, uh, supplemental formula as well. Um, they looked at that. Uh, they found that um, after the at the three month mark, uh, about eighteen. Again, there was a difference, an absolute difference of about ten percent, where eighteen uh, percent were supplementing uh, if they used combined oral contraceptives versus eight percent on placebo. Although that wasn't really statistically right. different. Yeah. But it seems so, so I guess if you're thinking of a number, you can say, uh, I mean, the, the vast majority of people will still be exclusively breastfeeding regardless of which way you go. But it's about a 10 percent absolute difference. And, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting one. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to ask Jen first because, uh, you know, might make more. You know, how, is, is that something that's clinically relevant in your practice? Um, I think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, those who want to breastfeed are usually are often quite motivated mm-hmm. and, and, you know, so, so a one in 10 chance of uh, not breastfeeding after yeah. three months might really actually matter quite a bit to them. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. What do you, what do you think, Mike? I mean, is that what the, well, it's, it's also, so it's, it's how is this happening, right? And mm-hmm. how is the weight happening and all of those things? And is it, I, I think the assumption from reading those, um, the, the, these initial studies is that there, there's a, a reduced output of of breast milk or the caloric content of the breast milk. Mm -hmm. And there's, Mm -hmm. and there's other pieces that suggest that Jen, there was that five week study with just, just remind us the size of these two studies that we're going off of and and how long they went for. And then tell Mm -hmm. us a bit about the calorie difference in supplemental calories. I think it is. Um. Okay, so the study, like, I think one of the things that has to be said is that th- this evidence isn't really as robust as we would like. Um, there's a lot of limitations to this evidence. Uh, one of the issues, so so the issue um, in the, the oral contraceptives versus placebo studies, there's basically two studies, um, one of them at 182 people and one of them at 50 people. And then... Um, and, and, you know, so there, we're not really looking at large numbers uh, of women, uh, which is one issue. The other thing is, is that these studies also had quite an, a number of dropouts, right? A lot of people were, uh, were leaving some of these studies too. Um, and uh, one of the studies actually wasn't even randomized. So, so I think it just has to be said here that although this is the, the evidence that we found, we have to acknowledge that it isn't really great evidence. Mm, but um, it's, it's the best we have, though. And, it's the and best I think, we have. You know, it's, yeah. it's still giving us... What I find interesting about this, Jen, what I look for in, in, in like any of these times, and the rules of causation kind of apply, even though there is randomized evidence here, I, there's... What you're looking for is some internal consistency as well. Yeah. And, and we're getting that because we're hearing that the kids aren't gaining as much weight, that they're not breastfeeding at least exclusively as often, 
And then there's a reduction or there's an increase rather in the use of supplemental calories for these kids. Is that correct? Yeah, that's true. And, and in the supplemental calories, um, what they found was, was at, after five weeks, uh, the supplemental calories were about 710 versus 190 in the placebo group. Um, although they didn't really sort of report a lot of the statistics around that. So it was hard to know how significant that is, but, um, I mean, it's a, that's a, just the numbers to me look, look pretty significant off the top of and, my head. And that's a, per, calories per week. I think you may have mentioned per week, yeah. calories per week. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But then, so that, that's James, what, James, these are little people. I'll oh, just remind you. Oh, no, really? Yeah. I'm just, just reminding you their caloric intake is, is less than yours. No, I know what that, which is exactly why I said that. Cause I, I, but I, for a second, I did assume that as they were born, they I know were, 710 was by the day. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, so um, uh, I, I also assumed that when you were born, you were at your adult height. But, you know, I just I just don't know these things anymore. No, you're rusty on them. Yeah. yeah. So that that's the uh, combined oral contraceptive versus placebo evidence. But you, you also mentioned there is a little bit of stuff with the progestin only uh, versus placebo. But uh, the, the again, relatively low quality RCTs of just you know a relatively small number of people. But uh, but as you mentioned, they found no difference in that at least in infant growth. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and that that was the the most uh, certainly the most relevant outcome uh, that we looked at in that uh, in those in that paper, those two papers actually. Right. And uh, but now in in, in that in, in those uh, studies, they didn't look at the number of people who were breastfeeding. Uh, no, they didn't report it anyway. Yeah. So, so again, we're, we're pretty limited, right? With the, with, when we are saying it's the best available evidence, it's pretty limited evidence. Uh, it is. One, one way or the other. It is the best available. And, and like Mike said, I mean, we are looking for internal consistency and, yeah. and we are seeing some of that. Um, but I, I think, I think the, I think that it is limited evidence. Yeah. And then there was, and, and go ahead, Mike. Jen, I was going to say, we, we, here we go down the same path of me trying to say to you guys as the as the old codger why do you pick these odds topics they never have good evidence yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. i think i think this i think we learned a lesson with this one just what what kind of evidence we may find was the evidence we should never do this again (laughs) uh that was uh that was that was that was halfway through it that that idea was floated (laughs) (laughs) but there is there was one trial which is great that that did compare uh, the progestin only to the combined oral contraceptives and, and not, you know, not a, a decent size relatively, I guess, 171 women. And they, what did they find? Um, so they looked at combined versus uh, progesterone only. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one basically found that there was no difference in infant weight or rates of supplementation. Um, they did look, that one did look at milk volume, which uh, was decreased um, with the combined oral contraceptives uh, compared to placebo over uh, this, like starting from week six to week 24 postpartum. Um, so it's hard to know. And, and I, I, we wanted to interpret that with caution because it's hard to know exactly, um, you know, how clinically relevant is milk volume? Because, you know, how do you measure it and, and all those sorts yeah, of yeah. concerns in the studies. But again, it, it, I think it, it probably does um, speak to some internal consistency yeah. again. And, and then they, there was also another small, slightly smaller study that showed no difference in breastfeeding or adverse effects as well. So 
I mean, that, that the, the, I think the most useful evidence would be those head-to-head comparison ones, in my mind. I don't know what you think, Mike. Yeah, it's always tricky here, yeah. right? When you get, um, uh, you, because it, often if you have a middle ground, you, you compare against placebo, that's the ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're going to see the biggest difference in effect there likely. And then when you use the active comparator of progesterone only, let's say it had a very small effect on breastfeeding, but not enough to measure in most studies unless they were huge. If you then compare that versus uh, the combined, you might not have enough people unless you went for a very large study, which we're just, we're not seeing here. Right, right. So it, it, you have to be so careful. If you were, if you were someone who was erring on the side of caution, you would say there is a possible risk here with combined oral contraceptives yeah. um, for reducing uh, uh, either probably milk volume, probably leading to or possibly leading to reduced weights and exclusive breastfeeding. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of iffy maybe stuff in there. Yeah, no um, kidding. And, 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 and some of that comes from, I mean, Jen, you mentioned all the incomplete reporting and dropouts and all that sort of stuff. And and the, and when I when I went through this uh, tools for practice, I, I noticed that uh, I think half of the trials were actually came out before I got started in practice. So <laughs> so that was that was just at around the time of the printing press. So. Uh, <laughs> So, so that so I mean the question. I thought you, I thought you were in the original like, you know, teachers group with Hippocrates. I taught him. I, th- I think they probably recorded these results on like stone tablets or yeah, something. Yeah, like yeah, it, um, it was hell. It was hell. Is all yeah. I just that's all I can say. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So these. So, but, but the interesting thing, and it doesn't mean that those. I mean, we have some great studies from thirty-five years ago. It's just. Uh, you know, there's not a lot more information that we've been able to glean from the best available evidence. And um, uh, now there's a little bit of stuff on adverse effects from the, the combined oral contraceptives as well. Um, yeah, no, these are non-randomized control trials. These are observational studies. Um, one of There's two of them, really. Uh, one of them had 48 mother-infant dyad pairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of them had uh, about 300 and some. Uh, the first one, the one with 48, basically they followed these babies uh, with uh, matched controls. Um, so babies who uh, had, mums had, had used oral contraceptives uh, versus mums who had not used any oral contraceptives while uh, breastfeeding. And they followed them for eight years and they didn't find any difference in growth or intellectual development uh, between the two groups uh, over those eight years. Uh, And that's, I mean, that's, again, with all the caveats, that is reassuring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the other study, they looked at, there were three groups. uh, So there were 103 uh, dyads within the oral contraceptive group. And then there were uh, 227 who either got placebo or intrauterine devices. And they didn't really look at growth uh, or intellectual development, but they looked at breast or genital development in the, in the babies. And at a year, they didn't find any differences in those ones. So, so that's, that's pretty much all the evidence that we have. Uh, uh, So we're, that's where we're sort of stuck with it. Now, maybe you could just put a context to it about basically, you know, what do guidelines say about this? 
Yeah, and and so that goes to actually what Mike said at the beginning about how you know the reason the guidelines make the recommendations is for a totally different reason. So um, the guidelines that we looked at were particularly the uh, SOGC guidelines, which are Canadian, and then also guidelines from um, the UK group, uh, and they recommend in the the early postpartum period, which was not really well defined, but it's usually considered to be about six weeks postpartum. Uh, they recommend progesterone only contraception. And um, again, that is usually really due to the uh, blood clotting risk, um, and, and which is really quite high in the early postpartum period compared to people who've never been pregnant. Uh, and that risk sort of drops off by about uh, six to twelve weeks postpartum. Yeah. But now that you you don't necessarily that, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 chance of getting uh, having a thrombo thromboembolic event is not necessarily increased because of oral oral contraceptives. It's just higher postpartum. It's just high. Yeah. And, and it's higher. Just, yeah, and, and you still want to add something to it. Yeah, yeah. oral yeah. contraceptives are known to increase yeah. the risk. Yeah. However, in, in, you know, in the, we've talked about that at other podcasts, but mm -hmm. this, this, uh, given the postpartum periods also at increased risk, you don't want to add kind of, for lack of a better term, insult to injury yeah. and just to minimize those risks. As you say, you can't, even if they had one and they were on oral contraceptives, you couldn't say it was because of the oral contraceptives. Well, you, you could probably say it was, wasn't because of it. it Cause I doubt yeah, it, yeah. It, it probably wasn't, but you yeah, can't, yeah, exactly. you can say, but it's just, it's a matter of, avoiding risk when you can and there's other options and that's what i found interesting about this is when i first read the tools for practice because i end up reading them all before they go out i was like i was i was happily reading along kind of kind of through it and then i got to this section about and it was different written in the original draft and i was like well wait a minute this is this is kind of big deal i was reminded of the importance of mm -hmm. dte in this uh group of patients and that oral contraceptives combined oral contraceptives set you up for risk and it all just like i i wasn't i was just so focused on the question that jen and her team had proposed that i didn't really click on oh no wait a minute we we also have to talk about this right yeah because yeah, no. So I nagged them into including a mention of it in the bottom line, which triggered a little bit more in that context. So sorry about that, Jen, but it was like if I thought if I'm if I'm dumb enough to kind of not have this in my mind while I'm while yeah. I'm reflecting on it, I there may be one there may be one other person out there who feels the yeah. same way. We're not sure who it is, but we'll we'll try and introduce the two of you and you can just commiserate <laughs> yeah so i so well, i guess an important point yeah so i guess so the the i guess the the sort of question that i would have so now you guys have gone through this evidence and, and jen so what when a, when a a woman comes in and says you know i would like some f form of contraception what what what's the conversation usually entail so my conversation would be um in general that i mean Combined oral contraceptives are an option, but there's a lot of downs. Like there's potentially downsides yeah. to them. Um, one of the issues, and, and you were speaking about the the fact that these are, are old trials. I mean, one of the issues with these being old trials is that a lot of the in some of these studies, the doses of estradiol that were used are significantly mm -hmm. higher, yeah. like 50 micrograms or more, uh, compared to you know what we use today, which is you know usually 20 to to 35 micrograms. Mm -hmm. um, Per day, so 
that's that's one factor um and and so then really it kind of triggers a lot of uh discussion about like the you know this is the evidence we have um we might you know we might want to sort of look at our other options the other thing about this that i i probably could have mentioned before but the um most of these studies started the birth control pills quite early like you know 14 days 30 days something like that mm-hmm. whereas in the in the sort of the, the case that that I've usually seen this. It's usually, so what happens about at six weeks? And, and these trials didn't really look at it. However, you know, being cautious and, um, and you know, trying to sort of, you know, help people make evidence-based decisions, I, I would sort of say, you know, maybe we, maybe we have reason to be careful here. Yeah. And now would you typically, if, if they said, I want to use some sort of a, a pill, it, you would go with the progestin only? Um, I certainly would in the first six weeks. Yeah. Um, and after that, I, I would, I would probably look at the evidence and say, we just don't have a lot, but what we do know mm-hmm. is that we don't think it's much different. Yeah. Um, right. but it's, it's really, a you know, it's, it's really not a well-studied question. Yeah. Mike, what, what's your, what would you, what's your take on it? So it's interesting. Like, uh, so I was t- saying earlier, I think when I would, when I was confronted with this question and discussion, I would typically lean towards the progesterone only mm-hmm. options or talking about other options for birth control and stay away from COCs. And that, at that point, it was almost entirely those discussions, even though I forgot it when I read this or, or forgot about this piece because I was focused on the breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And my main focus back then was always the of avoiding the risk with um, VTE. Now, I think when I look back now, because I didn't know the evidence that Jen and her team presented that I think I said, I don't believe it decreases, um, it impacts breastfeeding. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I was ever asked that, I could see myself saying that. And it was honest because I didn't think yeah. or believe it did because I didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you know, you, one, this is, this is old, older information and it's not, it's pretty inconsistent. And, and it's pretty uh, sketchy. Yeah. But still, yeah, I, so, didn't, I didn't really know yeah. about it. So and then you, and, and you do have to take into account to say, you know, you know, there, there's also a risk of unwanted pregnancies. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, we always, you know, I, whenever you think about the, you know, use of oral contraceptives, you know, outside of, of the uh, postpartum uh, time, you know, there, there are, you know, there are the potential uh, for risks of using oral contraceptives. But when you look at the actual num- numbers, the, the, the risk of unwanted pregnancies is, is far greater. And oh, so, yeah, for sure. You know, so it's that really interesting sort of balance that you have to put it in, into the context. And the risks that you would get from oral contraceptives, the actual risks are, are uh, you know, if, you are, if, they, if they do increase the risk of sort of some sort of clotting event, you get way more if you're pregnant. <laughs> so, it's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's, that, it, it's, that. A, it's a real, it's a very tricky, well, it's not tricky. It's, it's, yeah, we have to have the discussion and, and make up, up, up your mind about it. And, and of course we haven't mentioned it, but there's also non uh, pill versions of uh, birth control. Yeah. yeah. Well, we talked, we've talked about some of those recently, like implants and yeah. Then included it here, the intrauterine devices, she mentioned those. And there's 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 all sorts of options um, that that is available to women. So uh, and and to couples. So yeah. um, that aren't even things that, that are um, medicinal. So exactly. like condoms, etc. So there there are lots of options. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is it really is a, a, a discussion that 
uh, needs to take place for patients because some some would prefer not to use any medicines and can be quite successful because they're strict. There's lots of talk about how the the issues with failure of different birth control agents is a, a lot to do with there there are cases of breakthrough pregnancies on very strict like or intrauterine devices mm-hmm. etc but a lot of the times it's it's forgetting and, and that kind exactly. of stuff or, yeah. no, for or sure. lapse in, yeah. in condom use that kind of stuff yeah but no this is it's a it's a great question because i'm sure it comes up not infrequently and and so at least as of uh where are where are uh, august 20 22 this is the best evidence that we have and so hopefully that'll inform some of the answers great job of on this one janet i'm sure it wasn't the easiest one to do so mike any anything that you want to sell <laughs> i always ask you then and i just do it just you know just as a <laughs> you, you make it sound so dirty i just because uh, well, i have something i want to sell so you can go ahead and sell what you want to sell <laughs> I did want to, well, this is partly to do with you too. I did want to mention the Pipe Conference, October 21st and 22nd, uh, and that's a Friday, Saturday. We're really hoping uh, to see you guys there. If you don't want to um, come in person, um, uh, you want to save the environment, etc., then please uh, register for virtual attendance. And just a quick reminder from my college hat that uh, FMF is coming up, so you should check that out as well. And just very quickly... Uh... As, as a number of you know, I put out a book a f- two or three months ago about all the evidence around nutrition that you could possibly ever want to ingest, and uh, it's called the Nutrition Proposition. We'll put links to it, and for just a little while, we're going to make it. We're going to enti- try to entice you to uh, buy it. If you uh, uh, are going to get a premium membership and you wish to buy a copy of the book. If you let me know you bought a copy of the book, I will reimburse you the costs of the Kindle version, which is about 10 bucks. So you can get a free book if you want to do it that way. So uh, I'll put a link. And that money comes out of your daughter's college fund, right, James? Uh, yes, and and any sort of medical care. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Children first. <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, if, you, if that helps, if that makes that's of any interest to people, let me know and I'll put you link, links to where you would do that. And uh, boy, we're selling a lot here. Jen, what, you got anything you want to sell? Uh, no, I'm doing okay over here. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just a decent human. We are clearly not. So we'll just, uh, so uh, I think we'll just leave it at that. So thanks as always for listening. Talk to you later. Uh-huh.